Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the House Divided podcast. I am Brendan. Jeremy, how are you? Doing well, Brendan. It's uh, about the longest week ever, but we're Thursday. It's almost to the weekend. Yeah, it's the longest week ever, says the person not quarantined because he has COVID. I was going to say, let's let's just get that off the top. Uh, COVID, what day are you on, by the way? Are you on... You're on like day 10 or 11, right? Uh, Am I adding up too much? I am on day eight of isolating because that's when my dad started feeling like poop. And uh, this was, I mean, I'm not even symptomatic anymore, but my first day of symptoms was last Friday. So it's day six. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Only four more days of being contagious. (laughs) You started off 2021 right, man. You brought over some 2020 with you. Oh, yeah, we did. All right. Well, I guess it's time we address probably something that's one of the most important things in the world. The Big Ten against the spread picking game. Of course, that is. Um, So, folks, this year we decided to play Big Ten against the spread, not just together, but with all of you. And we actually decided to keep track of it, which ended up just being three times of me spending an hour scrolling through Twitter and then scrolling through ESPN and repeating. And I won. So congratulations to me. (laughs) Yeah, spend all that time just to find out that you were the winner, right? Dude, it's bullshit because I've never hit 58% of my sports bets when I actually gamble on money. So getting 58% of these right, maybe I need to bet on every single Big Ten football game. Yeah, maybe. But there were some weeks there where I think we might have put you bankrupt. So at least I know I had some weeks where we went like one in five. So Oh, dude, I had some I, – I think I went one in four one of the last weeks. It was uh, not great. But I'll read off the full standings, and we'll post these. On, we, we can post them on Twitter, right, like after the fact? Yeah, let's All see right. that. So number one was me. Number two is this is hog on Twitter at 56%. So close. Buckley Gino at 53%. Uh, McGuire at 50% tied with you at 50%. Then we had seeds at 42.5%. And finally, uh, CT and TC who once he found out he was last quit playing uh, at 40%. (laughs) I always respect that man. Uh, the hustle is always good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love CT. It's a pure gunner, pure arsenal all the way. Well, he's uh, a basketball guy and he d- still decided to play the football game. So really all respect to him. Yeah. 40% is pretty good for CT, right? Like that's, he, you know, we're going to cover some signing day stuff. And I know he said he can't handle football because it's more than four people getting signed so good for him like, he was doing the picks for multiple weeks and honestly 40 percent isn't that bad i'm pretty sure if you told clay travis to pick against the spread in every big 10 game well i'll even give him the benefit of the doubt i'll say every sec game he'd still hit probably 30 yep yep so we gotta get ct on fox sports one is what i'm hearing you say <laughs> oh it'd be a lot better than their uh current content producers that's for sure <laughs> All right. Well, it was fun. We'll try and be more official about it and do uh, more episodes next season during football. But, you know, 2020 is what it is. And we never claimed we were going to be consistent. 
No, no. I'm not planning on having another kid though. So I think, uh, you know, maybe I, maybe I'll have life figured out to be on a schedule by then. Oh, awesome. You're getting the rid of this one for next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just getting rid yeah. of the kid? Well, he's got to bill it, you know, he's got to go, go, uh, go bill it somewhere next season. So we got to get him out of here. Oh man, that's good stuff. All right. Let's talk about football. Uh, we've avoided it for so We came back after three weeks off and we're like, ah, let's, uh, have talked about only basketball. So eventually we had to address this, uh, both seasons went pretty poorly and we covered that pretty in depth for the most part. So let's talk off season. We can start with MSU because you guys have had a way better off season so far. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know how, like, I mean, it was a thing of mine for about the last two to three years to not really troll, but just laugh at MSU Twitter as like every portal announcement we get announced and they'd like tag MSU football, knowing damn well that Mark D'Antonio is not going to use the portal. So why are we even faking it? Uh, and then now, yeah, we actually have like a full on coach that wants to use the portal. So um, it's been a fun couple of few weeks here, you know, not only just having like the freshman class sign. But uh, we got two running backs through the portal, uh, including this week getting one from Wake Forest, who was their starter. Um, hey, you guys have gotten some good players. I'm surprised. I wasn't expecting it, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I think we're up to, what, five now? I think we've got, you know, the two running backs that have come over. Uh, we've got an offensive lineman who is supposed to be a pretty good prospect from Arkansas State. Um, got a really nice-looking defensive end from Duke. I mean, I want to say we had a fifth guy, but uh, blank on it. But yeah, it's fun to have so many people coming in that you forget uh, how many portal guys you've got. <laughs> um, but yeah. then uh, on the other side of it, I mean, we have also seen now 14 guys leave via the portal. Not all of them have committed, but uh, that was always going to happen. Guys going out. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, it, that's a, like a 2020 mixed with a brand new coaching staff. And I think, the way I look at it is none of them have ended up at a power five school. So it's really hard to uh, be too beat up about it. Um, I mean, fans kind of flipped because Devonte Dobbs uh, was among those who left um, as well. So they kind of freaked out about losing Belleville high school. And again, if you're in your thirties and you don't work with teenagers, maybe you shouldn't try and guess anything about recruiting. Like that's just maybe where you should probably not tweet through it. Um, that's just a PSA to everyone out there. Uh, no, you're not going to lose Belleville High School, who is coached by a literal former NFL player who knows that football is business. I don't think you're going to lose a high school due to the fact that two guys left. Um, that's and just even if stupid. you lost it. Even if you lost it, they sure as shit aren't going to start sending kids to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that. You now have a coach who just throws offers to any kid anywhere across the country who fits what he needs. Ah, so, the old Juan Howard. Yeah, yeah. You have a coach who will recruit Georgia really hard and California and Texas. So losing the school that is close to you, be a little bit more imaginative. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's been kind of a really hectic offseason for MSU. I think, you know, big picture-wise, uh, signing day – had a nice surprise in that they flipped a kid from USC who's a four-star recruit. Um, and then they lost a kid to Notre Dame, uh, Audrey Castime, which 
stunned at the time, but now they've gotten two running backs who come in and one out of the SEC and one out of the ACC. So kind of hard to be too beat up about losing a freshman as even though as much as I was looking forward to Audric, uh, you know, running back feels like you could hit that every year via the portal or a freshman and find a, a good player. So um, you know, not too, too beat up about that now, but yeah. And then for us at this point, no coaching changes, but there's been some rumors, Brendan, that we have some coaching changes coming. Um, but I think it's going to actually involve the coaching carousel going a little bit more and it's going to pick up after the national championship game on Monday, which I know you'll love. Oh yeah. You know, we don't know. I, you know, fuck you. I'm not talking about Ohio state. today. It's been a bad week. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, I was talking about the tide. Najee Harris. Listen, I like the tide. They're the most likable team in this playoff by like a hundred. It's not even oh. close. Yeah. By far. Okay. By far the most likable team. There's your national championship preview, folks. Congratulations. (laughs) You have anything else about Michigan State that we need to talk about? Uh, I mean, I think the only thing now is like just keep an eye on the portal. I think they're done um, with the portal for now, uh, just due to the way that scholarship numbers work. I think they can only take one more before spring semester starts. But that won't mean that they're done with the portal, period, because they can hit the portal really hard once we get past. Uh, spring semester so I still expect them to take a lot of transfers in in the summer um, you know someone to watch is uh, Ma I'm going to butcher his name I'm going to have to learn it uh, Ma Giotate that's terrible I know mm-hmm. I think it's Neotote um, from, uh, he's the four star linebacker that they flipped from USC his older brother is transferring from USC so that's one that we're watching mm-hmm. just to see if he could possibly pull him in uh, and uh, and then holding on to Rayshon Benny, who I know nope. Michigan with their uh, pure cheesiness thought that they were going to flip him by just putting M's in his Instagram. And then he made his Instagram private so they couldn't do it anymore within like two hours. So good job, guys. I mean, the strategy was was great. When you we have Steve Dudek running the recruiting, it's going to go well. So listen, uh, don't don't <laughs> horse me about recruiting. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, I'm really ashamed of Michigan's class of J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, and Xavier Worthy. Oh, I didn't say the class was bad. I'm just oh, saying. I know you, you did. You're, you're not having fun ideas when your idea is that you're going to put an M emoji in. Uh, you know what? If I'm going to give Steve Dudek credit because if he had anything to do with getting these kids to campus, despite whatever the fuck the athletic department's doing, and he earned his paycheck. That's true. That's yeah, so about that. What, what is the Who's coaching Michigan next year? Oh, that's a great question. I'd love to know, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, they have been meeting over this for three and a half weeks. And then this weekend, it becomes a, apparent, so apparent that Bruce Feldman, I think, was the one who tweeted it, is saying that a deal's close to being done to keep them here till 2026. Which, by the way, if they sign that, if anybody signs that, they're all idiots. I don't care. I, uh, sorry, I have sensory overload over the entire situation. Um, if it was done, it is Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday. It's, Ju- it's January seventh, and now National Signing Day is what three weeks gone, four weeks gone. Yeah, it is what December nineteenth or something like that was. Every single was minute that Jim Harbaugh doesn't sign, 
makes it more likely that he leaves in my mind. I, like I just, cause I just don't get it. Otherwise, if he ends up signing, then I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> Can you tell me what it means? <laughs> I mean, from an outsider's perspective, I guess the only way I can look at it right now is that clearly they, uh, whatever the offer was offended him. And, and I'm not saying that that's right, that it offended him. No, I know. But clearly it was an offer that made him think, do I, I mean, this is a guy who doesn't have an agent, so he won't negotiate in season. So you can't negotiate with him in season, which is fine. I mean, I guess I wouldn't want to negotiate with my coach in season. I, anyways, um, especially when I can't work through an agent and I have to work with him directly. I really don't want to negotiate in season, but I mean, no one gets out of this scot-free, like how you can be Ward Manuel and not think big picture that you're chasing Ohio state who is recruiting at a level that is literally historic right now. Mm -hmm. And you're going in to that every off season, you're already having to do the whole is Jim going to the NFL thing, whether it's true or not, you know, and where that comes from. And that hurts in recruiting. And then now you went into a season that was going to be a weird pandemic season where you can't host official visits and you had more time to negotiate the contract because you didn't start on time and you didn't get it done. So now you either bring a guy back on a one-year deal, which is just the stupidest thing you can do. You would, I, you should fire him instead of a one-year deal. Yeah. Nuke like three years of recruiting off the fact that you're not going to sign anyone because he's on a one-year deal. And then they're just going to wait and see who the new coach is. And that guy is probably going to be screwed for his first class. So you can just say Matt Campbell. You don't have to say that. <laughs> just uh, I can't. Uh, I can't bring myself to that yet. Um, but no, so, so Ward Manuel does not get off this scot-free. No. no. But at the well, same time. I, uh, okay, so I've gathered my thoughts. I don't <laughs> think there's a scenario where he stays and Ward doesn't look terrible. Actually, I'm going to say the only way that Ward doesn't look terrible here is if Matt Campbell's the coach in two weeks. Like, seriously. Because cause then that'll show that he waited it out or, or whoever can. If you get another good candidate, I, I don't want anybody but Matt Campbell. But if you get another good candidate, whatever. If you get your guy at the end of it, then all the staying quiet, whatever. It still won't be a good look because if Michigan loses Jim Harbaugh three weeks after National Signing Day, it's a terrible look. And I'll never pretend like it wasn't. Um, but at it's least literally worse than Texas. And you don't want to be that. Like it would, again, bring you and Texas together. Well, they're pretty similar programs. I'm not gonna exactly. I, it, I'm not gonna joke like like, like we both are uh, together and being laughed at, but it, it will. I mean, it'll look bad. It it might not look terrible on Ward if he gets the guy because there might have been nothing he could do. This this might all come out on Jim, and people are gonna in Michigan are gonna hate him, and I don't know. But if, if he signs, if Jim Harbaugh extends, and as he is coaching Michigan next year, it's going to be a bad look. I, I On Ward, anyways. This is a guy who there's rumors he is looking at NFL jobs, and for the first time ever, he's not tweeting them down. Um, it, this whole thing is being dragged out into 
mid-January. It's just, it's not optimal, man. It's not. And um, who would have thunk it, right? We were sitting six and a half years ago, and I felt like right before Jim got here, it was like the most frantic week ever and ever. And there's so much excitement. Are we going to get him? Are we not? And now to be sitting here six and a half years later, and it feels very similar, except we're excited because he might be leaving and trying to go get an NFL job. It's been a wild ride, man. And y'all were right. Y'all said he was going to not win anything and then leave in four or five years. He uh, took, took, took a little longer, but well, so I think the weirdest thing is that the, you knew that he burnt bridges, apparently. Like, that was the thing of leaving San Francisco, right? He just wears on people. He's hard to be around. And the difference was Stanford, if that happened, didn't really matter. He jumped to the NFL. And they just don't have a rabid fan base to wear on. So no, no one's going to really complain. And then in the pros, usually – fans are going to choose the coach over the owner, especially when they see how bad San Francisco was after they let ran Harbaugh off. Mm-hmm. They're going to say that that owner was a, you know, terrible with his ego and ran off their coach that took him to the Super Bowl. Uh, but now you throw into it all that goes into the Michigan situation. It's his alma mater. It's like, you know, the perfect hire you guys can make. And I still believe, I mean, for the time period, like it should have gone better than this. Like I, I was not one that thought he was never going to win anything. Um, and I didn't think he'd wear on people the way that he has. Uh, but yeah, man, there's just, I mean, how did really weird ending? If this how is different yeah. does this all feel if Michigan uh, stops Curtis Samuel and JT Barrett one last time and beats Ohio state in 2016 and goes to the playoff once just once. Yeah, and I think it could still be that he ran out his clock now, but like you said, Maybe. it feels different. It feels I, I, different, though. Yeah, a two and four good. season with <laughs> with a playoff under your belt in a two and four season where it seems like ever since that moment, the program's been crumbling just little by little. I, so, so another thing I guess we can kind of address as far as like the offseason, if he does sign, you guys don't have a defensive coordinator. What was the point of firing Don Brown? When you did, I'm not saying that was a bad decision to fire Don Brown, who is now with Jed Fish, you know, know, bringing back the boys together. It's a great point. Um, I have no clue. (laughs) That that felt like a move that, like, when they made it, that to me, that signaled Jim coming back. Like, this was one of the, yeah, this was one of the things was, we're bringing you back. We want to see some staff changes. So we're going to fire Don now. And then you can get out and get a DC hired. And, and we can go go after it. Um, but now there's no reason to hire a DC because no one good is going to come until they know if Jim is sticking around or not. And it's just, he's holding the program hostage. That's what it feels like. And, and that's just ridiculous. And just, man, even if he comes back now, like the pressure and the bridges that he's burned. Like. Oh man, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird no matter what. I'm, I, I don't know. There's no point in talking about it anymore because we kind of us know what's going to happen. And I feel like we've laid out all the possibilities of if it ends up this way, this is how we'll feel. I, I, yep. This sucks. And let's move on to something that doesn't suck for me. Um, basketball turns out, 
this basketball season is more fun than I anticipated. Michigan hasn't lost yet. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> that was my answer. I was it. Take all it you got to do is you just got to gotta, gotta take a close close game against Oakland, and then you can just take off from there. Apparently. And look back. I saw somebody said the night they were beating Northwestern, they, was, they were like, bro, how good is Oakland? <laughs> just saying, because they kept up with Michigan. It's crazy. I, it literally since the Oakland game, too. It's been nonstop. Uh, they had a close game against Penn State and a, you know, honestly, a close game against Nebraska. But it, other than that, it's been great. Um, I don't think there is, they could be elite. I think they're a good team. And I think we knew that. And I think there's, their floor is higher than we may have previously thought. I think that probably fourth or fifth place is the lowest they'll end up. Um, I think now it's just about waiting until they get to play the elite teams in the league to see as a measuring stick to see if they are going to be competing for a Big Ten title. Uh, Hunter Dickinson is a different player than I have ever seen at Michigan in basketball. I've been a fan since the Trey Burke's um, freshman year, and I have never – seen a center at Michigan like Hunter Dickinson. I've never seen a freshman at Michigan like Hunter Dickinson, albeit the fact that he's 20. So that helps with that. But um, having a center like that and having an offensive mind like Juwan Howard, and that's something we can bank on. We're still learning about Juwan Howard as this era goes on. Uh, We can bank on, I think, him being a good X's and O's coach. He's looked fantastic. Um, I think Michigan's only scored less than 80 once this year. So he has the offense rolling last night. They had Minnesota held to like 35 points through 35 minutes or something, or maybe not 35, but half an hour. Like he has the defense rolling. I don't know. I just keep on getting worried that all the teams we keep beating suck, but what's she going to do? They're, they're beating, they're beating them handily. So like, what do you do? I don't know. Yeah, at some point you just kind of have to say, like, even if they do suck, you're still beating the wheels off these teams. Um, and that has to mean something. It kind of feels like uh, Hunter Dickinson for me as, you know, again, not deep into basketball comparables, so this could be totally stupid, but it feels like what the hype or the promise of Mitch McGarry was, but it never paid off. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson is paying off. And, and I, think you, I think you made a great point, too, with just – you know, Hunter Dickinson as a center playing for Juwan Howard, who that was a big thing, right? Like he was great yeah. for guys being in the inside. Like your fours and fives were going to love playing for Juwan Howard. That's what he coached with the Heat. That was his whole, you know, background. Um, so it feels like it's a perfect marriage and and he's getting more out of him than like maybe, maybe Mitch wasn't a perfect fit for being a beeline guy um, and didn't quite realize his potential there. But it feels like Hunter is – you know, all of that promise paid off. Yeah. That and you didn't get in Mitch, you're getting in Hunter. And it just seems to just keep climbing, climbing up every game. Yeah. And it's really crazy to see. And if that isn't a, a recruiting tool, I mean, this kid is, you've taken a freshman big, which was always going to be your thing was bigs. And he averages like almost 20 points a game in big 10 play. And 
so far. It just looks mainly unstoppable. Um, and if, what, what, what kid that's about to come out of high school and is a big doesn't want to go play for Juwan Howard, especially when he sees, oh, Hunter Dickinson wasn't really looked at as a freshman of the year type player. Now he's in the top three. He's probably only going to spend two years at Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a good recruiting tool, but more importantly, this team though, is good. And that's something I didn't appreciate, I think, um, with those early Big Ten victories, is that this team just plays good basketball. Franz Wagner is another player. We talked, I texted you about him uh, after the Northwestern game because that game was like, if you put that into his averages in Ken Palm, it'd be like the Xavier Tillman type player. Like, he's just, uh, he's really coming into his own, Franz, now that he's stronger and has confidence because you could tell at the beginning of the year he just didn't have the confidence. Um, They're just, and then Mike Smith and Chandy Brown have just come in as, as transfers and they fit right in perfectly. You know, I, I'm really impressed with Juwan Howard, how he's built this team, because this wasn't, this isn't, Oh, this is the second year of inheriting beelines players and putting them in my system. That's not what this is. Eli Brooks is there and Isaiah livers is there. And, and there are a couple of players from the beeline system, but thinking about the contributors, you have Hunter Dickinson, you have, you have, Mike Smith, you have Chandy Brown. That's three out of an eight-man rotation. Four, or, or no, Terrence Williams gets into the rotation. So I, those are all players that he actively sought out, and I'm just really impressed. Although I'm still holding off. I have a tweet in the draft saying, I think we're going to finish better than ninth this year, folks, um, just because – of the amount of shit that was given all off season from MSU Twitter about, you know, cause, cause Michigan fans did consider season one under Juwan Howard a success. And I think that that pissed off some of the MSU basketball elites because of their poor big 10 finish, despite Isaiah livers being gone half the season. And uh, it's starting to feel validating that Ju- Juwan Howard seems like he's a good coach. <laughs> yeah, no, he's legit. And I think, I think you hit on it. Like everyone's question was the X's and O's, but I think he's showing that that's not a concern. And it's not just awesome. roster construction as in like the joke about he throws out offers to every five-star. Like, yeah. Give him some credit, man. Like he nailed these transfers. Mm-hmm. Nailed them. Yeah. And, it's crazy. And, uh, and yeah, so he clearly has an eye for talent evaluation and knowing how to piece together a team. Um, it still feels weird. Like the 2020 thing feels weird, but I don't think I would give that as a negative to Michigan. You know, I don't think that they're just getting lucky and playing teams that are playing way below their potential. Like, I just think it was really good this year. Um, you know, maybe, maybe gets to their ceiling quicker than I would have given Juwan Howard credit for. Yeah. And I think the way they played their schedule definitely factors into that. The way they're playing, like against Oakland, we just talked about, like if you go and if you have to go and play a real team that night and you're going to lose. And so obviously them being undefeated is a clear benefactor of easy scheduling. But I, the question of, are they a good team? I think that one is way out of the realm of uh, even being asked. Um, so now let's talk about Michigan state basketball. Um, I don't think we're at the, the Rutgers win impressed me because I did not expect Michigan state to win. Uh, Rutgers did 
play like doo-doo. But so that's got to happen sometimes. And Michigan State was able to capitalize on it. Now you're at two and three. That feels a lot better than oh and three. <laughs> and you yeah. get to play Purdue on uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So it's it's one of those where I feel like the lows were never as low as it felt. Like in that oh and three span, I thought they had a great game against Wisconsin for the most part. That's um, true. Faded they- down the stretch, but they. I mean, they led for the first thirty minutes of that game. That was a game. Meeting. That that was a, yeah. That was, they were yeah. they were in that. So I mean, I still think that that's a game that you know, if they had a better finish, they can they can finish that off. I mean, they lose by nine points, but that's kind of deceiving. Like it was, they were in that game, but the north, but that's sandwiched around an absolute steamrolling to Northwestern, and then the worst Minnesota, or the worst offensive performance I've probably seen in a long time from an Izzo team against Minnesota. Um, and then the Nebraska win was nice, but it they did against Rutgers what they didn't do against Nebraska, which is when they were up 10, they pulled it to 20. Whereas mm-hmm. Nebraska, it was, you know, 10 down to five, and you pull it back up to 10, and it ends up being only a seven-point win. You don't feel that good. You just kind of think, well, that was Nebraska, and that's why we beat them. Um, but no, Rutgers was – the best game they've played all season. And that includes the Duke game in my mind um, because they haven't had any game that they've played defense as well as they did against Rutgers. Uh, And, you know, even not having anyone that can match up with the Rutgers inside game, they completely shut that team down. So um, good win. I, you know, uh-oh, my internet's not very good. <laughs> All right, while we wait for Jeremy to return, let's play a fun game called Find Duke. Oh, like you are the guy. Jeremy? Okay. I don't know how that's going to sound. <laughs> well, explanation for folks. The internet just cut out here, and I'm recording this on Zoom. So we'll see how that nice. transition turned around. While you were talking, it cut out. Um, so I was going to play a fun game with the viewers called Find Duke on Ken Palm and see where they're ranked. So you keep talking, and I'm going to find Duke on Ken Palm. Yeah, yeah. No, what I, I don't know when it cut out. But, yeah, I think uh, the thing that I was going to round to is that it seems like at this point that Aaron Henry has finally figured out what it's like to be the, the driver of the team. You know, coming into the season, it was Rocket Watts could be that guy. Um, or it could still be kind of shouldered around, but Rocky Watts has not had a great season uh, to the point of, you know, I don't think the speculation is that good, but, you know, the speculation of like, will he just transfer? Because he's clearly not going to be a point guard for time is always what people are starting to assume. Um, And that's, you know, I think that's a little early to say that, but um, yeah, I mean, Rocky Watts is coming off the bench now. So Aaron Henry, last two games knowing he's got to be the guy has really grown into that role. So if that continues, I think you know, we can start to think about the tournament streak continuing, but uh, we're not that far removed some really horrendous losses. So I kind of want to see how tomorrow goes uh, before I get fully optimistic again. Well, you can be pretty optimistic because Tom Izzo's name is probably going to get you into the tournament. If you guys have anywhere close to a resume. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, if we're on the bubble, I think we're going to end up on the right side 
Um, but yeah, I mean, after Purdue, it's not an easy stretch of, you know, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois at Rutgers at Ohio state. Like that's a tough stretch. Yeah, you know? dude. So, I, so yeah, I think any, any thoughts about Michigan state winning the big 10 by me may have been misguided oh. pessimism because I mean, like even looking at the roster, they just don't have a guy to defend Coburn, Garza, Dickinson. Like there are so many bigs in this conference and you guys just have no interior defense. Um, no. I will say your no. Duke win is better than I thought it was. Did you know there's 16 on Ken Palm? I know that preseason predictions are baked into there pretty good and they've only played like six games, but that's that crazy. I thought they were doo-doo. Yeah, no, that has to be the fact that they uh... – you know, we're, we're a leader of men in canceled games due to a pandemic. Uh, mm. Not because they be. suck. It, it wasn't because they suck. It was because of the pandemic. No, no. You would never Coach want K, anybody to think that Coach K is ducking anybody. So it's definitely is, not because they suck. And then this is a man who had back surgery and it had nothing to do with the fact that his team was shitty that year at all. <laughs> He's oh. just an upstanding man. Coach K uh, would never bail on anybody because of poor performance. We know that. Never. Oh, God. Never Anyways, would. Michigan State. Sorry, guys. The memes are too, too strong in this one. But Michigan State, what's their ceiling here? Like, what are we looking at now? Because last time we talked, we were like, oh, they might finish like fourth or fifth, and hopefully they win the league. I mean, they're going to make the top four in the no, league? No, I think top – I think you can kiss top four goodbye. Um, I just can't see this team getting on the type of run that puts them into that top four, um, especially with the fact that they're at two and three. And when you look at the schedule, to me, they – I mean, they, you need to be four and one right now. Like, you know, having a loss to Wisconsin is whatever, but you need to have – you need to have beat Northwestern, and you need to have beat. I'd say three Minnesota. Minnesota on the road is a that's a tough game. They've they've smacked some good teams at home. I mean, I just don't think that in COVID, I'm willing to accept on the road anymore this season. Big I just Ten don't see teams are winning road games at a higher clip than they were last year, or home games. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Oh, I guess, like, I guess basketball is a. I guess basketball is a sport where you have sight lines and you have to be used to your court or whatever. Um, so I guess that could play into it more than other sports. The home, well, whether home we buy divide, into it or not, Minnesota is legitimately like smacking teams by 30 at home and then going out in their three road games have lost by like 20 plus every time. Like they're, well, I assume, they're a different team. I assume that Richard Pitino Jr., you know, depending <laughs> on COVID, COVID restrictions in the area, hits up the local Italian joint. <laughs> has at least 37 seconds of some good sex and then you know it just distracts the whole team so uh you're right they're yeah, not you know <laughs> yeah but no i mean i think if you want to say that they had to be in the top four like you had to minimum be three and two um but most likely you need to be four and one after that stretch so at two and three with you know the schedule you have remaining where you've still got two games against michigan you still got two against iowa um you know, you have your return trip to Rutgers. Like, I just don't think you can get on the type of run you need to get on to be a top four team, uh, especially with the, when you take into account the performance they've had thus far. So I think, you know, that five to eight tier is probably the goal or the, the reasonable goal. Um, 
and, and I would probably pencil them in at like that six to seven range more likely. Wouldn't it just be perfect if they finish ninth? Like, oh, like I know you'd hate it, but like, wouldn't it just be perfect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I, I can't, I can't say that this is. Uh, I think the way that you, as an MSU fan, you have to look at it is that there was a lot of hope or optimism, and none of that, none of what you needed for that to come true has come true. Uh, Marcus Brigham has not, not taken a step forward. Like that experiment's done. Like that kid is yeah. just not not reaching the potential we all hoped and if and we probably put too much potential into it so like that's not worked out joey hauser um has been fine but i don't think he's been what people wanted uh after a year of waiting for him and like thinking like oh like we really missed out last year he didn't get his immediate eligibility and like him on that roster was insane like this year he's just not gonna be as good because he can when he can shoot he's having a great night but He's a complete sieve on the defensive side of the court. And that gives you two out of your five people on that side of the court are just awful. So that's my genuine, I, before we drop this, I I do want to ask like, because you know, we're a Michigan, Michigan state pod and it's not often in the basketball side of things. So I get to be in the power side of the relationship. We think, (laughs) um, who the fuck is going to defend Hunter Dickinson? Like, seriously, who do you put on him? I mean, at this point, honestly, I've heard Hauser is a defensive sieve and yeah. is in Kithier looks tiny, like against centers. Yeah, no, he is. I think at this point, I mean, it's a long enough into the season. Can you just say like Sissoko? Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Like, for sure. like, yeah, I mean, the concern with Sissoko was, uh, you know, he's, he's a liability in fouls, but in, at that point in the season and in that game, you just have to say like, well, if we've got to sit him early due to fouls, like that's the risk we're going to take. But I think – What's he going to be worse? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think that if you roll out, you know, a rotation of Kithier and, you know, maybe Julius Mar, I, I, I just think it's going to have to be Sissoko. It's going to have to be him by that point. Um, and, you know, he got more minutes in the Rutgers game, and it was a huge difference. Like you just watch – you know on the perimeter – that guys can drive to the hoop on MSU and they extra have no reason not to when Thomas Kittier is who's like your, your last line of defense in the paint, um, you know, just because of the size and just, he's just not going to be able to scare people away. Yeah. But you could just see when Maddie was there, guys would start curling to the basket and then have to curl away. Like, like, up, oh, that's is going to get blocked. So I, I'm not going to get to the basket. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have to be Maddie. It's going to have to be. There's no one else. Hunter Dickinson would eat Mark Bainham alive. Like, even though. <laughs> Dude, hey, that's, that's no disrespect to any of these dudes because, I mean, he literally hasn't really been stopped yet. Um, I mean, wasn't he? He had to take on his first true center. Oh, God, what's the kid's name? This is going to drive me crazy. Uh, junior from Minnesota. Uh, I'm loading Ken Palm, and my internet's continuing to do what it does. <laughs> I was gonna say, you want me to? Uh, we'll, nope, uh, I got it. I'm got it. I'm here. Uh, Liam Robbins, idiot. That's who it is, Brendan? You dummy. Um, Liam Robbins came in there, and they were like, "Oh, this is gonna be the first big time big matchup for Hunter Dickinson," <laughs> and I believe they. Hunter had six and Liam had five 
within the first media timeout or something mm-hmm. or, or second. It was very quickly in the game. And Liam Robbins finished with five points. Hunter Dickinson goes off for 28 and eight. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird having one of those players on your team. I tell you what, that's for sure. Cause even when the beeline teams were playing their best basketball, it really wasn't like that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely a different approach. Like when the beeline teams were their best teams, it felt like you had to build up into it and you weren't there this early in the season. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this is, this is the most for real life probably team at this point in the season. Like I'm already starting to think like, this is a for sure in my mind. Yeah. And I can only think it's right. like, for sure a sweet 16 team. Yeah. I can only think of two ones. Um, and it's, and it's only cause I'm a Michigan fan. So you have no reason to remember these, but um, the Trey Burke team that went to the national championship opened up their season, like 16 and 0 or something. And right. then, but see, I feel like it's different this year. Cause you know, the whole COVID year, like for me in a normal basketball season, especially like, outside of teams like MSU, where, you know, outside of even just the ACC Big Ten challenge, they're going to probably give themselves two to three really hard games. Like these teams all the time start off 14, 15, and 0. And then you That's look true. and it's like, well, yeah, 12 of them were really low level teams. Yeah. No, um, and that's, I, that's what Michigan did. But no, like, no. You know, it's hard and I don't even remember the schedule really. from that year. Um, like this year, then, you're jumping straight in to do tough games yeah, right away. Then, yeah. And then the couple of years ago, they started like 16 or set. They didn't lose until mid January at the Cole center or something. And that team had wins over like Villanova, North Carolina, like that team felt yeah. uh, pretty good. But other than that, no, this is the best I've felt about a Michigan basketball team. And even Atlantis was short lived, you know, cause they went out and got killed by Louisville like a week later. So, right. Um, and you know, they're good, but not this good, man. This team looks really, really good. They're top They're They have the number six offense on Ken Palm and the number 19 defense. They're, they're solid. And Michigan state is still a turning team probably. So the, and you guys have a Moni Bates coming. So who cares? You know, it's a write off here. You guys have a Moni Bates coming. This rivalry is oh about to get real oh. crazy. <laughs> um, yes. So let's get to hockey. Okay, because we've got some things to talk about in hockey, too. This is a very full episode because uh, Michigan and Michigan State play hockey this weekend. We buried the lead. This is the most important yeah. thing in the world. Not our Big Ten picks. Nothing. This is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, this is like the reason the show exists, Brandon. So. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, how, how confident do you feel? Let's just well, – we want to review – not review, but just cover the first half of the season. We'll do that. But let's just start this. How do you feel going into it? Uh, it's hard to get a read um, because, you know, haven't seen Michigan full full team in uh, over a month. You know, like the last time out, they sent guys for real juniors who I expect will play this weekend. So um, hard to really know how to feel about where Michigan's at as a team. Like, um, you know, didn't even, they haven't played since before Christmas. And that game, those games before Christmas, they played missing most of the top end of their talent. So um, hard to know, like, you know, like scouting ahead, looking at like, what is Michigan going to be? So looking at just like an MSU perspective, um, 
you know, Drew DeRitter is at this point, he's got to be a Richter candidate for me. Uh, you know, he's just on one right now. If you add in the games he had against Notre Dame right before the Christmas break, um, you know, three out of four games, he's given up one goal, um, you know, every time out. And the one time he didn't, they won four, three in overtime. So he got the win that night. So, and twice the, you know, and then the other two games that he gives up one goal, he gets a tie and a loss. So, you know, if he was getting better offensive help, this team could be a lot further along. So um, still need to see that develop, uh, you know, to really start to feel really happy with where the team is at. Um, but Drew DeRitter is, I mean, that guy is, like you said, he's got to be a Richter candidate for goaltender of the year in the national. For sure. As well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing for us right now is it's just Mitch Lewandowski by himself isn't the same as having the line mates he's had in the past. And the depth scoring is just hit or miss. I mean, you know, Christoph Papp hasn't really had the start to a freshman year as you would hope. Um, and it's not the same depth scoring every night. So you just don't know where it's going to come from. And so some nights it's just going to be all shut out. So, uh, I think a split would be great <laughs> to, <laughs> to find a split with Michigan this weekend. Um, you know, and, and if a split happens, it's probably going to be one of those frustrating ones for you where uh, Michigan, Michigan has like 50 plus shots, but loses like a two, one game because Drew Ritter stands on his head. Like this could feel like some of those uh, Jake Hildebrand series versus Michigan where uh, we get a split, but, Michigan has to feel like they came out of it pretty upset to knock it a sweep. And I tell you what, I'm going into the series kind of, I don't need a sweep because that's not a, it's not a reasonable ask, I guess. MSU plays a hard nosed game and they have a really hot goalie. Anything can happen. It's hard to beat a team two nights in a row. Um, but man, Michigan should want to take like four or five, six points. They, yeah. they need it in the standings. They've played eight. They only have eight points. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. Like we're tied at eight points, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, um, I know Michigan needs to take advantage of the series. Cause I think a lot of, I want to go through because we advertise this Michigan team as a, a bit of a, a wagon for, and it may have, I did. And I was a bit premature. So I, I, I just want to cover since we've last talked, they've played three series. They played Notre Dame at home and got swept. This was a series where we talked about it and you were like, man, they shouldn't have got swept. And I was like, I agree. The only thing I'll give it is that is 100% the most structured defensive team. Most of those freshman kids have ever seen. I, there's no way it's not. It's a Jeff Jackson team. And a lot of these kids were just, you know, it's their first college experience. And they played Arizona state who couldn't skate with them prior to this. And they played Wisconsin who doesn't, really do the whole defense thing prior to this so it, it was their first time I would have loved to see a split there if you're gonna drop any of them especially since both games were like close to the very end and Notre Dame just suffocates you like they do um, and then after Notre Dame they go out and play Penn State and the first night they handle them pretty good and then the second night, they just get shelled, lose nine to five. Don't play defense. It didn't make sense. Um, Strauss Mann got chased. He ended. 
it, it was not a good night. And so then you only take half your points against Penn State, and then Minnesota comes to town. And, well, they're, they are a wagon. Minnesota is very good, and they've won every single game this year. And Michigan, without Beneers, York, Brisson, and Beecher, uh, were just no match. So it was a weird first half of the season for Michigan. I feel like the schedule lined up in a weird way because, like, none of the individual results feel that far-fetched, right? Maybe the Notre Dame series, but they all have an explanation and I still think Michigan's a good team. It, they just don't look good on paper right now because of what, ha- what happened. And uh, we'll see how they respond. They've had a month off. And, you know, Cam, Brendan, and uh, Maddie Beneers all just went and won the World Juniors. Congrats to them. Canada sucks. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, they're going to have to come back and try and play Michigan State, who's – not Notre Dame like at least MSU tries to play some hockey, but very structured defensively. And you know, that their game plan going in is to check and finish their checks and try and impose physical will. Cause they're going to get skated around. They just don't have the speed or, yeah. you know, yeah. It's going to be uh, I, like, it's going to be a steady diet of like the Krieger twins and Jagger Joshua uh, finishing everything. Like, that's certainly yeah. going to be the thing. I think for MSU, a big deal is just, you know, Tommy Apap didn't play the last series against Penn State. Um, you know, that's the second-line center, and we don't know if he's going to be in the lineup. And uh, they were also listening, missing two other forwards. Um, kind of some cryptic answers from Dayton, where on the weekend he said it was a coach's decision, and then I listened to his press conference on Tuesday, and it was – kind of lumped with in with health things. So it was like, well, are they, was it a COVID protocol thing? Was <laughs> it a injury? Like, or was it a actual coach's decision? Cause they did something wrong. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup looks like tomorrow. Uh, you know, but MSU, at least, you know, you know, mostly who's going to be there. Uh, Michigan, there's a little bit of intrigue with all the world junior guys coming back. Like, are they, you know, they, they're young guys. They should be ready to play. Um, but but mo- just- it, it, for me, it's in their head, man. They they just went and won the World Juniors. That's a, and now you have to yeah. come. You you just went and beat Canada and like literally the pinnacle of junior hockey, and yeah, yeah. now you have to play some like a Michigan State team that's gonna try and mud it muddy it up. And yeah, it's it's a it's going from one headspace to a very different one very quickly. The game was on Tuesday, like yeah. It, it's yeah, gonna they, be tough I don't think the boys even flew out until Wednesday morning, or at least the team charter. I know BC sent their guys a charter, but you know I don't know if that's what uh, the Michigan guys did. So yeah, I mean they they maybe caught a ride home back to the states Wednesday morning. Um, so yeah, it's a quick uh, quick jumping back in, especially because the team themselves has been off for a month. So it's I think. They're going to be rusty. I think MSU, like, uh, if I was Dan Cole, I mean, my big thing I would just harp on is just jump on them Friday. You played Saturday and Monday. Like, you played Monday this week. This team hasn't played in a month. Like, you need to you need to get the pucks in deep, grind them out for those first 10 minutes, just put them on their heels um, and, and, and bank some goals. Because once they 
once they get, you know, that rust shaken off, like they're going to, they're going to bring it back to you. So, mm -hmm. um, a quick hot start is going to be huge, uh, especially with a team like MSU where you can go into uh, a shell and you can play that pretty, pretty well and, and, and hold your line. So um, yeah. that'll be, that'd be like my words. Of, like that'd probably be what I'd be harping on them in the locker room. You know, we need to have a first 10 minutes where we're just, you know, yeah, running, and running at them. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's, uh, I, like I said, I, as an MSU fan perspective, like I love just to get a split, but so much of it all usually comes down to the, the home and home split. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that means anything this year when there's no fans. So uh, <laughs> I tell you what, it's going to be interesting. I, so Michigan's next two weeks are really huge because you're playing Ohio state and Michigan state, some of the lesser talented teams in the league, Michigan, you know, Michigan's eight points behind Wisconsin. Same amount of games played. Michigan took five out of six from Wisconsin in the second okay. weekend of the season, and they're eight points behind them. Um, the good news is, under Mel, they've been a second-half team every single year without fail. Last year, they were ramping up, and you got to see it in the Big Ten tournament. Like, unfortunately, yeah. MSU was on the other side of it, but – like they were running up and I don't know if they would have made the tournament, but they would have had a shot to run the table in the big 10 tournament. They've been a second half team. They underperformed in the first half. Part of me hopes, you know, Johnny Beecher, him missing the tournament, the world juniors tournament. Cause he got COVID. If he can fully get back up to speed, hopefully his heart's okay. Um, I think he's going to be playing pissed cause he didn't have a particularly good first half and now he, and then he missed out on winning the World Juniors, so I think he might come out and play some really strong hockey. Um, I'm hoping that you guys see guys like Bordalo, Kent Johnson, Owen Power, guys who didn't go to the World Juniors, who were just off and treated it hopefully like a second training camp, and uh, hopefully they're ready to play because you you know it, if you take ten out of the next twelve points against Michigan State and Ohio State, then we're feeling pretty good. You know, people are going to drop points throughout the season. And you can still get a home, well, not a home series. I was thinking in the 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 before four time before COVID, no, <laughs> no more home series. But you can get a top three seat. Hopefully, I think that's the goal is to finish right. up there for Michigan and uh, set yourself up to hopefully dazzle whoever gets to just randomly pick the sixteen teams that make the tournament this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think it should be a fun series though. I you know. Hope the second game's on Big Ten Network, I believe. So hopefully yeah. let's use our um, powers to get some eyeballs on that game. Michigan doesn't have a basketball game that day anymore because Penn State canceled and MSU doesn't. So let's let's all tune into Mun on Saturday and yeah, four thirty too, a little bit earlier start. So yeah. and um, I think it'll be fun. yeah it's fun whenever these teams get together. I mean, it's super frustrating sometimes, but it's still fun in the grand scheme of things. The only thing I'm the only thing I'm pissed about is I wish that uh they just did the Big Ten Network game at uh at Yoast because your guys' Big Ten plus stream Awful. is considerably yeah. worse. Yes. And even though MSU's has been bad, like I was just ripping them hasn't been that bad Sunday. Uh the full first period I think the guy that was doing the camera was new. Uh MSU had like four shots in the first five minutes of the game. I didn't see any of them because he didn't know how to move the camera towards the net with the shot. Um, so you just saw like the wind up and then it went 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if he missed the net by 20 feet or if it went on net. Um, We're just yeah, the biggest suckers ever. We give money to those dopes. Like, I, oh, I, I hate being forced into it, but, like, what else? Am I just not going to watch them? No. It, I know. That's the thing. I, I harp on it every year. We I let it happen every year. because we give them our money every year. I know. It was my fault, Brandon. I was dressed that way. And they just knew <laughs> I was a sucker. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's the worst. It is literally, I, I watch streams that are literally run by robot cameras and rinks in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Ontario. And it's just as good of a quality product as I get paying BTN plus. Like, it's just, it's unreal. Um, and, and this year is probably the most infuriating one. Because you look at it like they, the whole thing of doing the hockey schedule with weird days was to get more eyeballs on it, get more eyeballs on it, and, and be on television more. And you know, Sunday while MSU is playing Penn State, I think they're re airing some Big Ten elite Ohio State football 2000, whatever fucking show that airs a thousand times a year. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I don't see how. I mean, at this point, the league's not going away, but it's just it's just frustrating when you – like, I literally wish uh, my team was playing an American Hockey Conference because I could watch games better. And yeah. uh, not necessarily on TV, but at least my stream would be good. Like, that's yeah. just – that's the worst part. Is I don't mind having to use an app to watch it. Um, no. I watch it, hockey all day. 2020, uh, like – or 2021, yeah. like – Whatever. It's it's the fact that the stream is terrible quality every time without fail, it feels every like. Time. It, it, every time. Every time. They're just putting, like, no money in it. <laughs> and no, Which no, begs, no, no. like, what are you doing with the money I'm giving you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. making more commercials where there's a big map and they play this song, they get stuck in your Oh, head. the same commercial that's been playing since 2017? <laughs> yes. I, like, I know that song now. That's in my playlist just because I get the, you know, the brain chemicals, like I'm watching football. So, so we're two very online people. So we love to talk on the show about like our different fan base Twitters. I think, uh, you know, I roast him a lot because I think he's just kind of a tool, but the thing that makes Ant right probably the worst is he likes that commercial. Oh, I've been Stockholm syndrome to buy it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I, the, the music it makes my happy chemicals go off because yeah. like it reminds me of watching f- like sports i don't know it, the, I will say that I, the map one is a lot better than the like picture one of like people sending in their pictures yes, i agree well the that one's insulting too because the only michigan fan they show is like 92 <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, listen, that's an accurate depiction, Brendan. That it, you know, it's I know. That, I bet I have been to the big house. You don't have to tell me. I, yeah, they're I, the ones that can afford to be in the big house. <laughs> I have been told down in front. Don't worry. That's that's happening. Oh, God. Oh, uh, man. Well, uh, that's an episode. Yeah, so we, we talked about so much. We did. We did. And we, I, all right, I, we have to get into it, Brendan. We had some music queued up. <laughs> to, uh, to uh to do this show but we're not technologically savvy so if anyone wants to be an intern and uh and produce this show i think we've shown this week as <laughs> with the internet connections and not knowing how this is going to sound like we could definitely use a producer i um, will not pay you but i'll give you love and affection 
That's for sure. <laughs> and wet, one time COVID. We're going to give you a queer COVID free test. Yes, yes. One time, I'm not going to give you guys COVID if you become my producer. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, before we... Uh, so you you actually, you know, we had some music queued up. So I think it's fine to say that, I mean, the, the timing of MSU Michigan is great this weekend because I love the hatred that I have for Michigan hockey. But at this week, all I can hope for is that Christian Krieger and Cole Krieger and Jagger Joshua get through the series and then they get reassigned Sunday to just punching some Nazis. Like, that's what I want. So Yeah, I, I – I do not take my biggest thing in the world jokes as not having regard for what happened on Wednesday in Washington, DC. Fuck all those guys. Um, Oh my God. Every single one of them who was there. (laughs) Fuck them. And I've uh, joked on Twitter for a couple years. Yeah, you go. But I want to run out of political office of, just allowing hockey fighting to exist in every parts of my life. Like someone uses the last K cup at the office. And you just like, you know, Tilly, like just <laughs> been bothering you for three years. Let's just get this over with. And then like, you know, you, you go to your office and then you just kind of sit there and you can even chirp at him across like good Tilly. That was good. I finally got three years of wanting to beat your ass out of my system. Right. And uh, yeah, I have never, it was always a joke, but then Wednesday happened and I have to be honest, I was sitting there like, God, God, I just missed my punk rock shows and just mm. beating a Nazi up. Like, that yeah. just looks fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Funny enough, I ah, never mind. I don't need to get into that story. It's about a metal <laughs> show and some guys who were probably there yesterday in the Capitol building. Um, yeah. But we don't need to get into that because we already we've, – we've set our stance. We're taking it very seriously. And uh, – we could have been way funnier if just one of us knew how to do anything with technology. So yeah, that's yeah. our lo- so, that's our lesson that we've learned here. <laughs> yeah. So find us on Twitter. If you want to know the musical choices, I'll send them out to you, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully you guys are all doing okay. I was pretty shook all day yesterday. Uh, yeah, me too. That's the most news I've watched in a long time. And it just, you know, yeah, that was my worst day of doom scrolling in a while. It wasn't fun. Uh, yeah, I felt uncomfortable most of the day. So um, the most ridiculous thing was about four hours into my doom scrolling was when the kid committed, <laughs> when the Wake Forest kid committed to MSU, and it was just like, <laughs> buddy, I know you've probably had this queued up and scheduled. Like you don't even, you didn't know, you didn't care. Like, I'm not saying you didn't care. You didn't think about it, but man, like that news dropping was just like sweet i don't even know who you are like i need to keep steam scrolling <laughs> yeah so, dude i oh man it was Maybe a weird this. experience watching michigan last night like yeah i was actually very thankful that i did not have a game like, i well i was thankful that michigan did because it it helped me i think for real it? maybe maybe not if they wouldn't have won by 30 points but like yeah. it it was weird at first and still seeing all the tweets about what was happening while i'm scrolling through all caps on dickinson it was it was a weird experience (laughs) um one that i hope i don't have to do again that sucked uh yeah so everybody be happy be healthy we'll we'll all make this new year better eventually eventually one of these years will be good 
yeah, we just got to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I'm going back into quarantine to hopefully figure out how to video edit. Yes. Yeah, stay sure stay you... healthy, Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the thing. You're supposed to tell me that you're going to be a better. Well, now you just get to go on Bumble and find us a producer. <laughs> yeah, that'll be perfect. Thank you. And it, my Bumble is also going to be my Twitter at. So Brendan for AFC, baby, check it out. <laughs>